Hello, this is Work From Home, the podcast that helps you stay connected, productive and sane while working remotely. My name's Harry and today we're talking to Steve Folland. Steve is a freelance video and audio producer, so he's been working remotely for about six years now. Uh, but he also runs two podcasts and communities, which are really awesome and that you should definitely check out. The first one is Being Freelance, uh, which is an awesome show and I've been listening to that for, for many years now. And also he runs another podcast, co-hosts another podcast called Doing It For The Kids, which I'm very excited to hear this week has just been announced for a British Podcast Award, which is uh, really exciting and well-deserved. It's an amazing resource for being a freelancer and kind of managing your sort of uh, client work and your family life and uh, and definitely sort of a really relevant podcast for, for this show as well. So I encourage you to check those out. And indeed, it's the reason I wanted to get Steve on the show today. You're, you're really active in the freelance community at large, obviously, and we see you popping up on social media all the time in those in those circles. And like in this like lockdown situation, do you find your sort of the amount of interaction you're getting on social and that kind of community that you've got? Is that is that in any way kind of a substitute for what we're losing in terms of social interaction and stuff? Well, I think um, the funny thing is, is that a lot of freelancers already work from home, work remotely, work isolated. You know, even if you work for that matter in a co-work space, you're still working on your own thing, not with colleagues. So it's your own thing. So over the past few years, there's definitely been a surge in freelancers finding uh connection i guess and community online be it on twitter or instagram or in facebook groups increasingly and it's just a chance to realize that you're not going through it all alone so it's a chance to have a laugh but also a chance to ask questions when you have like a bad day but also to when you have a good day like when you work by yourself and you do something really great you turn around to high five and there's just no you know there's a cat so being able to celebrate successes as well is is why community as a freelancer is is really good. Yeah, absolutely. And what what do you th- what what would you recommend for kind of cultivating that kind of thing? Because for example, a lot of people listening to this won't be freelancers. They they sort of got traditional jobs, and so they've got their kind of colleagues maybe, but they won't necessarily be part of any of these sort of online communities. What was what's what's your sort of gateway? Because obviously for you it's been the podcast, but I wonder what the kind of gateway thing is into these things. Yeah, well, I think. First of all, you do have a community in the people you work with. You don't want to leave yourself isolated. So making time to connect with those people on a personal level rather than just having a meeting about X, Y, and Z, I think is quite important. But then in in terms of other communities, I guess it's more about finding what you're interested in. So sure, you know, I run a community for freelancers and it's full of freelancers, but there is every single community ever under the world online in facebook groups in particular so if you were into crochet or you were into buying cars and turning them into rally cars or you were into owls or you were into crocheting (laughs) covers for rally cars for owls could drive you will find any of those groups Uh, on Facebook. So I guess that's the thing. It's about realizing what you're trying to get into the community for. So some freelancers will get into certain communities because they also want to try and get work. So as a copywriter, you might go into a business community. And if people have a question about copywriting or how to get more results from their website, then you can chime in and help them. And then people recognize your name. And eventually uh, one thing leads to another, you might get recommended or hired. But 
if you're simply going there to find like-minded souls to chat about, then that's a different thing. So go after whatever your passion is. If your hobby is, you know, totally geeking out about, I know, Game of Thrones all the time, but nobody in your house or your family or your friends really cares that much about Game of Thrones, then go find yourself your friends online and geek out with them about it. Totally. Absolutely. And so what we're thinking about, so for the uninitiated, you're, you're a guy who strikes me as the, someone that's not afraid of a project, like for, at least from the outside, it certainly appears that you've, you've got a lot going on. So that I seems have just like painted the fence, on. the whole fence. There you go. And nothing but the fence. Well, actually, I wanted the kids to help me, but okay. I did, I did seven eighths of the. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So with all of these projects going on, how, and someone that's now working from home, they might be, they're used to sort of being, having their team around them and the, the structure of their day and all that kind of stuff. How do you stay on top of all your projects? What's the kind of tools that you use to sort of stay organized and, and, and kind of not letting stuff slip through the cracks? Ooh, so tools, I tend to make the most of Trello and pen and paper is probably the easiest way of describing it. So I have like an overall board on Trello, so a place where I can see everything going on, but then also individual project boards. So that might either be a video that we're producing for a client or it could be like the podcast. So there's one for all the guests and make sure that we, you know, we've gone through all the stages we need to to get a podcast up on air. So I use that. But I think you have to kind of find what works for you. And sometimes I do just find that pen and paper is brilliant. Like just writing down in a book Monday to Friday or Saturday and Sunday in realistic terms as well, tagged on the end there. And then realizing what it is that you need to do in your day actually it was there's a there's a life coach called holly june smith who recommended this process to me and she was like too many of us start with just a to-do list and then write it all down and gradually work our way through it whereas much better is to look at your to-do list but then write down the six seven five four days whatever it is you want to work across and put different tasks from that to-do list on different days so that you start to have a focus and you know what you're meant to be trying to get done across the week. Yeah, it's good. I know I'm so guilty of of just having that wall of to-do items and then just responding to whatever happens to come up first, like, and it's usually emails or like a call or whatever. And then I'll find it's like four o'clock. I'm like, oh, that thing that's really important that I really wanted to get done is now, I'm, I guess I'm either going to do it at night or... <laughs> yeah, oh man. I, I, I do find like if I have a lot on, one of the best things I can do is just sit down and work rather than check my email. So I will go to my desk and if I, if I know, you know, it's written down what I need to do, I don't look at my email maybe for a couple of hours, but just really focus on what it is that i need to do i don't always manage that um and you know at the moment with life being the weird way it is it's kind of email that i kind of like gets left <laughs> left to one side and if anything that's not a bad thing because i think if you are too responsive on email then people always expect you to be really responsive on email so um one of the things for working for yourself but maybe working from home I don't know is that you need to kind of really watch what notifications break up your day 
because even every time your phone goes ping and reminds you of something, is it's like having a colleague, if you're in an office, coming over and tapping you on the shoulder. Tapping you on the shoulder, exactly, yeah. And it just totally destroys your concentration on what you were going to do. So if you've got something to do, you need to sit down and do it. You need to put your phone in another room. And what I've always found as well is if you don't respond, because the, the fear that I've experienced before is like, well, if, if I don't get back to them, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lose the gig or I'll be in, you know, something will go, something will go wrong. What I found is 99 times out of 100 is waiting a day or two to respond to an email is just, it's not, it's not the be all and end all. And actually just having that time to do the work you need to do is, is much more important. And you could even in a time like this, in this sort of pandemic lockdown weirdness is create a, an out of office type or like not an out of office, but an email responder. So if somebody sends you an email it can reply with, hey, I'd normally try and get back, you know, within a day. But at the moment, sometimes it can be more like three days or whatever. Right. So I've got Play-Doh coming out of my ears and I might not go back to you straight away. <laughs> so, but isn't that, at least then you've set an expectation. Uh, setting expectations with big clients or even friends and family is important because then they're like, oh, okay, I, I won't expect to hear from that person for this long. So thank you very much to Steve. Again, you can find him on the Being Freelance podcast and the Doing It For The Kids podcast. Definitely encourage you to check both of those shows out. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, we would really appreciate you sharing it with one person that you think would also enjoy it. You can find more information at wfhpodcast.com and be sure to subscribe. We'll be back every weekday.